sun shining down on my head Should get up, roll over, but I think I'm dead The world will turn if I don't burn so brightly Think I'll just stay in bed, drop back to sleep A chance to tea, begin Monday without screaming Only way, reboot the same Gonna take a spontaneous holiday So joining us right now, Tom Whaley. Is this midstream or are we just... We're, we're midstream. We're mid-stream, this yeah. might even be able to be a two-for episode. So executive vice president yes, sir. of the St. Paul Saints, executive vice president of the Gold Clan Group. Yes. You are a director for the Chamber of Commerce of St. Paul. Not any longer. I not not any longer. Long okay. And then there was a, not a, not community events, but kind of within the Irish community and... Yes. He was um, Mr. Pat one year. I was Mr. Pat one year. I'm yep. in the Irish American Baseball Hall of Fame. Okay. You were uh, in the Honor Society old. in high school. Yeah. So yeah. my question to you is... I only made is, as far as Weeblos, though. As Weeblos? Scouting, yeah. Uh, with all this, how... Um, I don't. I, how do I ask this? Why didn't you live up to your potential? I think is, is really is really is what I'm what I'm saying. Well, was it the rock and roll? Was it when you started <laughs> listening and way. playing in bands? It got in the way. There's no question. I was lined up for glory. I had my. My office at a insurance defense law firm in St. Louis all picked out. was ready to go. That was after St. Mary's. After St. Mary's. I went back to St. Louis U to go to law school. And I was lined up for glory. And my brother came home Thanksgiving of my third year. And we went out on Friday night. As I recall it, it was a very warm uh, Friday evening. And we ended the evening uh, across the pond, as they say in St. Louis, which is on the east side, which is never a very good idea because it's the bars are open later. And <laughs> when we got home, the birds were chirping, and I was moving to Minneapolis to play drums in a band. And wow. So obviously you had Minneapolis connections before then. Well, yeah, Minnesota. Right. From St. Mary's, and you know, we'd come up to the cities. But no, I'd, I'd never spent really any time here before I moved here. So how does someone suddenly... And some of the questions we, we know answers to, but we're going <laughs> to pretend. Uh, you would have made a very good trial yeah. attorney. So, Mar- so never ask a question you don't know the answer to. Mar- you somehow get connected with Marv Goldklang, connected with Bill Murray, connected with Bill Veck. Mm-hmm. How, how, where Mike, does that connect? Mike uh, Bill, I mean, Mike Veck. Bill was dead. I read Bill, about it in the paper. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He, <laughs> I, I always have the wreck, like a, a Veck book in my head. Wreck. Yeah. Yes. My favorite, though, is Hustler's Handbook. That's the one. If you want to learn how to run a minor league baseball team, read the Hustler's Handbook. That's a good one. Um, no, I, I I reached out. My daughter, This is she was like less than a year old. She was sick um, and couldn't go to daycare, so I happened to be home. I don't know. It was like in the summer of 92, maybe, something like that, the year before the Saints started. Um, and, and Miles Wolf was on KFAN. KFAN had existed for about a year. And Miles was on talking about this independent minor league baseball team that was going to start in St. Paul. And I was like, whoa, that sounds like a really fun thing. I'm a huge baseball fan. I love the idea of the independent team. So I called. But no sports entertainment, no sports history before then? No, no, no. I was just a fan. And I was doing the band thing and all that. Um, But uh, so I 
I called the radio station and they gave me Miles's number and I talked to Miles and he said, oh, so yeah, St. Paul. He said, uh, uh, Marv Goldklang and Mike Veck are going to be running that club. And I said, uh, the last name Veck obviously rings a bell. And he goes, yeah, it's Bill's son. And he's in Fort Myers. He goes, write Mike a letter. And then he stops himself midstream. All right, he said, give him a call. And then he goes, no, don't don't call him. He goes, write him a letter. He goes, he's not very good with, with the phone, so, <laughs> which we all know is true. <laughs> so I wrote Mike a letter. In the letter, I it was back in the days of typewriters, before there was word processing, I left too much space at the bottom. Like the letter was like I started it at the top, and then I had too much space at the bottom. I put my pitch in about baseball, and I was a lawyer and all that other stuff. And I'm like, ah, I don't feel like doing this over again. <laughs> so I had, that week, I had just sold a thousand of our CD, my band CDs, to this poor soul in Germany for six bucks a copy plus the freight. Hey, we and have one listener in Germany. <laughs> Maybe they can find him. Well, I'm sure it's a drink coaster in a beer hall somewhere. By now. Anyway, so I made myself into an international record mogul at the bottom of that letter. Mike wrote me a very short letter back, spaced properly, by the way. On the, on the can we go back? How did you address Mike? Was it Dear Mr. Vec? I'm sure was it was it? Dear Mr. Okay. Vec at that point. My was legal, it Bill? My legal click, training tick, tick, kicked tick, tick, in, tick, tick, and Mike. of course yeah. I went, Dear Mr. Vec. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, so he, so I, I wrote that letter, and he wrote me, which I still have. He wrote me a very short letter back saying, uh, "I have a hundred resumes from attorneys who hate their job. You're the only one who plays drums in a band. <laughs> you appear to be a Renaissance attorney. Period. Call me, and I'll tell you how to ruin your life." That is a fantastic letter. So I did, and uh, I called him up, and I sent him Ludafisk. I sent my resume on. Frozen Ludafisk, like six months later. And uh, I think that's might have cinched the deal. I was going through Byerly's at the holidays, and he called me up, and he's like, yeah, I got this part. We've been talking for like six months. He's like, I got this partner that's a Wall Street tax attorney. And I'm like, yeah, sure you do. And uh, he's like, he, he does it by the book. Uh, send me a resume. So I'm going through Byerly's, and I, I don't, it was the holidays, and I see Frozen Ludafisk in the, I don't know, behind the fish counter. Ask the guy. Can you overnight that to Florida? He goes, I can do anything you want. He goes, you want to send this to Florida? And I said, yes. So I went and stole a magic marker, wrote my resume on the back of the Lutefisk, packed it in dry ice, and shipped it down to Fort Myers. <laughs> and Mike called me the next day from a holiday party at like 3 in the afternoon, and he's half in the bag. And he's like, what the hell is this? And I said, it's fish. <laughs> he said, Tom? I've been living in Florida uh, for about 10 years. Half of that time I was inebriated, but I think I know a thing or two about seafood, and this is definitely not seafood. Yeah. And I said, well, have you even tried it? He's like, well, it's been thawing on the bar for five hours. <laughs> I'm like, have you tried it? He's like, hell no, I haven't tried it. I said, well, has anybody tried it? He goes, yeah, there's a guy over in the corner. He goes, we don't know if he's passed out or dead. He tried it. So <laughs> That's, I think, how I got my job. There's two things about that that I absolutely love. One, I can't get a cannoli to Scranton Wilkes Bear, so I'm glad you can. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm glad it you was can. a different era, <laughs> apparently. Oh, the second is when you're trying to either impress somebody, make an impression, give a little hint about who you are, but still be professional about it. You hope that person has the sense of humor where they're not like this person's trying so hard, or you know, you want you'd still want to. You want someone to remember you at least sure. if this doesn't work out now, maybe five years down the line. And that's right. why stories like that go, 
keep trying. You know, <laughs> keep trying. True. It's yeah. true. And I hope that lutefisk is still on the bar down there. <laughs> Probably. I've is. never had lutefisk. I've lived here oh, my whole my life. God. It's horrible. It I, I used to like get invited back in the day when we were doing the Saints. You get invited to these things called Norsky Torskis. I don't even know if they still do them, <laughs> but it's a true name. That's the actual name of it, and it's like a, a Scandinavian holiday thing they do in like December and November and December. And you go to these things, and it's it's so you have the lutefisk, which is like I don't know. People here will know what it is, but it's like this gray jello on the plate, and then they do boiled potatoes with some dill sprinkled on top of it. And lefsa, which is, I mean, it makes Wonder Bread look flavorful. <laughs> and then they wash it down. And this is the only thing that's good about the Norsky Torsky. They wash it down with this paint thinner called Akavit, which I'm not kidding. It's, 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 it, it's the only <laughs> thing that gets you through the meal. But it is the most hor- you could You could strip floors with this stuff but it's a spirit it's a spirit not like definite mineral spirits but okay yeah and and that's a norsky torsky and they sit there and just drink just shot after shot of this akavit and i don't know i I, I, smell that for an upcoming both of your faces while you're explaining it's horrible and and as you're listening or just yeah there's nothing just the worst thing you can possibly eat so anyway that that was ludifisk we'll pass be wise to do i'm i'm going to ask you a question now so it can marinate (laughs) <laughs> because when, whenever anyone has asked this, it's like there's so much information. But I'm going to ask you some of your favorite Saints moments that aren't Malar, that aren't the championships, that aren't, mm-hmm. you know, the, it, what, the, it's the individual moments that I think make Saints games what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone will go home from a game with a different story. Mm-hmm. It's not just what's on the field. Yeah. Um, but that being said, I've said to Sierra many times, w- when a promotion is done, we don't have time to say what worked, what didn't. Was that fun? Mm-hmm. Was that you know, we just move right on to the next thing? And by For the sure. end of the game, we're so tired. Some of us are here 12, 14, 16, 28 hours a day. So it's you know it's time right. to go home. But every once in a while, we'll come off the field, and you'll be down in promo, or you'll be on the deck, and say that was a Saints promo. Yeah, and that's all we need to hear to say yeah. we've hit that. What to you makes a Saints promo? Well, there's it it it. it you can feel it in the audience. And I say feel it. I mean, you can hear it. That's part of it. But you just feel this swell of people getting a kick out of and, and, it, and it, it, it causing conversation with the person next to them, whether they, they know it or not. And, and it's usually around a laugh, obviously. But, but it's that thing that creates conversation. It's, and, and part of it can be, holy, whatever, they just did that sort of a thing or that's outrageous i I think of of some of the the visuals that we do and back in the day we didn't have the video board i mean the video board now can bring it to the whole ballpark a lot of times you're just you know playing to you know if you're lucky a thousand people right in front of you because you can only you can't hit a whole ballpark and if you're lucky if that video actually captures what's going on and 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 so that that kind of changed everything but no i think um you know i remember one particular one we (laughs) We had 3M. We had a sponsorship with them back then. Oh, God, what was that guy's name? He, he was awesome. He he just loved taking chances. And we had a sponsorship with Ocello Sponge. I don't know. I think they still make them. You can see Ocello in the grocery store. Well, uh, he had delivered to us 3M sculpted. And I'm not kidding. This thing was probably five feet long by three or four feet tall. It was a pig made out of Ocello. 
<laughs> it was a giant sponge, <laughs> this giant sponge of this pig. And we had a fireworks show and we were uh, the, the, the back then the, the firefighters, we had the train fire training center in right field. Um, the, the firefighters used to get out on, they had little decks. It was like basically training. So they had like a little porch or a deck that the firefighters had to go on from like their hook and ladder and all this other stuff. Well, the, the firefighters would get up there and like they'd grill out like on the deck. They'd bring like their little Webers out there and they'd have beers and all this. And then they would totally help us out with the fireworks. And so this one particular night, it was, it was the disco demolition night. We were going to do. Um, basically the theme music was going to be Webby had this music. It, it was like a 20 minute dance version mix of burning down the house. And it was the only song we played during the fireworks and disco demolition. The firefighters did a gigantic disco sucks banner that we had no idea they were going to do. <laughs> and it fell down, like down the fire training center. And then they're up there. Well, the other thing they had done is like they were going to do an actual training exercise while we're waiting for the fireworks to start. That was going to be our entertainment. And so sure enough, was watching on this all the different right floors, field. this thing was like six stories tall and it had these little windows cut into it on like three of the floors. They just created fake fires with wood and kerosene and nasty smoke coming out and all this other stuff. So that was our pregame entertainment. We had like a light show going on and everything and it was crazy. Well, I think it was Pete Orm got the idea of we ought to burn the pig. The, the, the Ocello pig while we're doing this. <laughs> so <laughs> we're doing burning down the house, and it was just cranking, and the disco sucks banner comes down, and the firefighters are spraying water inside the fire training center, and it's just this wild-ass visual. And then we poured gasoline or kerosene on the pig and set it on fire. And so we had this like flaming effigy of like a five foot Ocello sponge pig and burn it on the house. And the whole place was like, Oh my God, what is going on here? And then we did a fireworks show afterwards, but you couldn't cause the black smoke. I, I mean, we, we may have killed people that night with the smoke. Like, I don't know what is in an Ocello sponge, but I'm pretty sure it's toxic when burned. So I don't know. That's a very long-winded way, but that's probably an extreme example of people see it and go, what the hell are they doing? But it's fun. That's we, absolutely amazing. Yes, yeah. it was fun. Okay. Anyway, sorry. We, we well, always ask well. everyone, you know, what was it like when you moved over from Midway to here? But I want to ask you about Tampa I'll give a Bay. Shorter, I'll give a shorter answer. Promise. Okay. Well, that's we like <laughs> long answers. Like Tampa Bay. <laughs> You yes. were down there for one season. Was did Two. you did you disassociate yourself from the Saints or was yeah. it okay? Yeah, I left. I, I was I'd kind of peaked where I was. Um, our our GM Bill Fanning wasn't going anywhere, and I was the assistant GM. So you know, and I was that I was that for like a couple years. And Mike called me up. He had actually moved back probably ninety six ninety seven to open the ballpark in Charleston. Well, the uh, Tampa Bay happened to be an affiliate of the Rays. They struggled. Their first year was 98. Um, they sold out their first game. They had 20,000 the second game, and then they had like 8,000 the rest of the season. And so the guys in Tampa had seen Charleston, and Charleston was full and, you know, new ballpark, everything and all that. So they, they hired Mike to be the senior VP of sales and marketing. And that following December, I think, his corporate guy, corporate sales director, just kind of quit very suddenly. And that's a horrible time of year to have that happen. Mm -hmm. So he called me up. He's like, can you be down here in two weeks? He goes, you should be corporate sales director for the Tampa Bay Rays. I was like, well, that's a joke. <laughs> like, I have no qualifications to work for a major league baseball organization. He's like, just get down here. So we moved, moved wife and three kids, moved to 
St. Petersburg and was there for two years and loved it. I had, I had a gas doing it. And, and, but no, I, it was, I, I had to, I left the Saints to go do that. And I, I, I do not regret that at all. It was very, it was kind of a toxic environment down there. The office was, was not great. Um, so I lasted two years, left under my own power. Um, and then was going to come back and take a job with the twins. And Mike and Marv called me. They were working on a project in Brockton. They're like, hang on. With the twins, I'd interviewed with Dave St. Peter, um, who was running all the business ops for the twins at the time. And I was enthused. I'm like, hell yeah, we'll go back to Minnesota. It'll be great. And Marv, Marv at the time called me. He's like, eh, hang on. He goes, stay there. We're doing this thing in Brockton, Mass. So we did that. We did a ballpark and a team and all that. And that's where I realized it. That's, that's what I love to do. I love to build stuff. Yeah. So anyway. Talk about your opening day in Brockton. I've heard that story. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so it, we never played the game. It was the greatest non-opener in history. <laughs> next to no the original no opener. Yeah. Next, next to no opening, opening day. No, we had uh, it was raining cats and dogs, and we knew it. And so I think we pulled the tarp like thirteen times that night, and we had the highest paid. It was all of like the top folks from all the teams and at the time we were probably working with like five or six teams and so the gms and the agms everybody went to brockton to kind of help with the opener we would do that back then you know everybody kind of peel off and just go help and so it was raining and it's crazy and it's becoming more and more clear at around eight o'clock that we're not going to play this game and so uh dave eccles and i are talking about that and bill come bill murray comes up to both of us he sees us underneath the stands and he goes, all right, what, what's the deal? And Dave's like, I don't know. I don't think we can get this one in, Bill. He goes, okay. He looks at me. He goes, the high school band was underneath the stands um, getting ready to march out and do the anthem and do all this stuff. He goes, he goes all right, here's what we got to do. He goes, um, points at me, and he goes, reorganize the band. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah. He goes, just put it in reverse. He goes, I need tubas first. He goes, get the tubas in front, get the flutes in the back. I'm like, what? And he goes, he goes yeah. He goes, we're, we're, we're going to make a move here. I don't know what he means. He goes, just get him. So I go to the band leader, the, what they call the guy, the drum major. I go, dude, I go, can you get the tubas up front? Anyway, we start reorganizing this band, and it was hilarious. And the kids are all into it. They're doing it. And so who should have been in front went to the back, and the tubas who were in back should have came up front and all this. And uh, I tell the band director, here's what's going on. I said, I don't know what he has planned, but Bill wanted me to reverse the order of the band. Apparently, we're going somewhere in a little bit. The band director's like, all right, all right. About this time, a cop comes over. He goes, buddy, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I said, Bill's going to take the band. Uh-uh, no way. No way, pal. Not happening. And I said, I said, well, no, it's Bill Murray, sir. I said, we got a full, we had a full crowd. I mean, it was, the place was packed. And he said, nah, not happening. He goes, that's a safety violation. He goes, you go up through that crowd with this band. He goes, we're going to lose control of this place. Not happening. <laughs> I said, officer, I said, with all due, not happening, buddy. You want me to take you downtown? All this, he's, he's all over me. I said, officer, all due respect, Bill Murray's going to show up here in a couple of minutes, and there's nothing that you, me, or Jesus Christ are going to be able to do <laughs> to stop it. And so Bill grabbed the drum major thing and let him to uh, Louie Louie up through the crowd back and forth across. We had kind of a midway stadium thing where we had an aisle in the middle and they just went back and forth and around doing Louie Louie. And Bill's out there doing the drum major. <laughs> anyway. And people in Brockton to this day will tell you that was opening day and they have zero recollection that we never played you play the game. Play the game? Yeah. yeah. Never played the game. I love the fact that you brought God into it. He's like, leave me out of this <laughs> I one. I just, and I also yeah. love that our guests now always bring the police into every story <laughs> that we have. That's true. Uh, question for you, Tom, as you are our guest. Um, 
there's so many times uh, the entertainers or people will say, should I try this? And the answer is yes. If it doesn't go well, or you're told not to do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> but I would rather have you try something than than be wishy-washy about it or be half-assed about it or not even go ahead. But has there ever been a moment, and I'm not talking about anger uh, or or somebody doing something really stupid, where you're like, never again. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> never again. Not many. I mean, I, I can't think of many times where uh, it get it gets harder to fight that urge these days because and it and it's not hard to fight the urge of going over the line or uh, no of of the urge to sort of recoil and go no I'm not going to do that um and I, the reason I say that is is because just <laughs> Derek and I talk about this all the time it you know the calls that are going to come in if you do something that risks offending someone somehow. and With the realization that no matter what we do, someone's going to get offended. Someone's probably going to get offended. It's just the level of, of you know, Audacity. dumb calls that you're going to get yeah. and the time it's going to take to deal with that. And is it real? You know, will they make our lives miserable? And so... That's that's like the backdrop now. Before there, the, that didn't exist really. Mm. I mean, you, you might you know when we did the the bobblefoot, you know, we had a, we had a, la- a little bit of a laugh about that because we pissed off both sides, which I think was the ultimate Saints promotion ever. Um, we did the Aints night yep. with the you know, and that that you knew you were gonna you were gonna upset a certain amount of the population, but both of those were the right thing to do. But now it just it feels like it. it just the crap you have to deal with afterwards. So uh, that's a, it's a good, it's a really good question. Um, man, I don't know. Tom, I have a question. Have you ever heard of the Savannah Bananas? <laughs> I have, and I want to play them. What do you want the Saints to play them, or do you want to just have a us a what is it the bananas versus the the ant party animals. Party animals. That's no. What it is. I don't. I um. And I, no disrespect to the party animals, but I I think what would be the most fun for look uh, back up. I think what the bananas are doing is awesome. Uh, they're they're pushing boundaries, pushing limits. They're changing the way we look at baseball. They're obviously bringing in people who wouldn't give baseball a second look. A look. Um, not my cup of tea. I'll just say that because I they screw around a lot with the rules and it be it becomes. It's not Less. baseball per yeah, se. But, yeah, but I say that, and it sounds like I'm slagging them. It's not. It's just like for me, um, I'm not dying to go see. I, I do want to see them. I do want to see them. But I, I get calls from people all the time. Do you know anybody with bananas? How can I get tickets? How can people are like rabid about it, which is is well, awesome. It's, it's like a band who can be really tight and can be really on it, but you're like, that's not my type of music. Sure. It's like you can respect exactly. it for exactly. what it is. And 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 so, but I think Taylor they're doing Swift. really well. But. Um, so yeah, I want to play them, but I kind of want it to be a Saints sort of thing. Because if if um, you talk to Jesse, he'll tell you he used to go to Vex seminars way back in the day. He goes, the Saints were like my inspiration to to do the bananas. They were the reason I started looking at baseball differently and what could it be and how can you engage more fans yeah. and all that. He'll he'll tell you that. Um, so, but I would love to do it where we get like our old the independent Saints guys back. Some of the guys that the fans haven't seen. And we'll play by their rules. We'll we'll, we'll do all that. But You're playing I, a Saints team, but not the Saints per se. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know it would be impossible to do it with the 
with the AAA team, but um, you could do it if we brought some of our, our guys back, some of them who are still very much in shape playing town ball, and, and I think it'd be a fun, competitive game to do. Um, but yeah, I, yes, I, I would I would love to see the bananas here and love to do it, you know, that way. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be, it'd be a real hoot to see what's going on, too. And yeah. again, I apologize to Sierra because I think I've said this three or four different times. But what always sticks to me is when we were down in New Orleans, like, how can we do that Savannah banana thing, but not be the Savannah bananas? And so mm-hmm. that has become this weird line for me, like, how can we be still wacky? How can we still... Because the parameters that we now play with are so much different than they were five years ago, ten years ago, sure. in terms of what we yeah, can get and, away and, with. But that that's a good thing. I mean, I they they push us. I mean, exactly. Us, we've had conversations about you know we got to up the game, man. You know, you, you see this out there, and yeah, there's a little bit of you know competition that comes into it. We we pride ourselves on on doing this thing differently, and you know, I I did a I did a podcast um, a couple months ago, and. One of the guys, it was just strange to hear someone else say it. They're like, do you realize how much you moved, meaning the Saints, you move the needle mm-hmm. with how baseball is consumed in this country? And I, 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 I never thought of it in those terms, what we're trying to change. But we weren't. We were just trying to have some fun. And But, you know, when somebody says that and it's 30 years later and you look back, I'm like, yeah, maybe we did some things that, you know, that didn't exist 30 years ago that do exist now. And yeah, were we the first ones? So you have a pride in that and it's fun. But it also means you were, you were directly involved in it. You weren't trying to push boundaries. You weren't trying to become something. You just did it. You were just in the moment and now you can go back and reflect. And you look back and go, all right, okay, I I get, I get it. Um, But now the bananas are kind of that. So it's, it's cool because they're, they're, they're getting a ton of national, international run. They're talking about playing major league ballparks. They're obviously, striking a chord and you want to be you want to be right there with what we're doing you know and from a promotional standpoint so it's i think it's awesome because i i do think they're not just the saints but they're pushing the industry to to you know the ones who are who are cool and sensitive to it pushing that industry to, to go hey yo take a look at this <laughs> you got to see what's going on people are crazy to see this yeah it's baseball not quite but it, it's it's you know, not not quite the way people are used to consuming it, but let's grab a look at this. So, yeah, that's. I'm just in the trying back to Google mind. when the Harlem Globetrotters started. Oh God! Oh, that, that was. And if they 30s? did the same thing to basketball that the Bananas are trying to do, mm-hmm. man, well, well, they say 1926, 98 years ago. Interesting. And they, they've involved, uh, evolved as well. They, uh, I went to school in River Falls, and they came there basically their training camp mm-hmm. and because mm-hmm. i was part of theater and as part of the television crew they needed people to run the spotlights and blah 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 and i showed up late for the meeting because i'm josh <laughs> so it's like okay well what's going on everyone has these cool things where they get to watch the game like you're gonna be a cable runner i'm like well so that's basically before they had you know the the, the battery cameras and they and they could well, the wi-fi everything over so they had to run it directly to it so it's just me on the court Picking up the cable, rattling it, <laughs> and I became part of the action for that entire game. They were using me, and it was the most fun I've ever had. And everyone who was running the spotlights, I'm like, "Suck it! I'm, I'm not, this is this, this is so much fun." Uh, we may be running out of time here. Do you think um, we're at eleven we o'clock can right have now? Have story can, time no, with we, Tom another time. Okay, too. cool. The, one thing I, we got time. We're good. If you know anything about Tom Whaley at games, is you will be standing right here doing whatever and then suddenly he's next to you just he just appears in star trek wise and it's just like oh hey they don't let me do anything else but <laughs> a lot of people will come down 
either from the office or other places to see what's what's going on or mm-hmm. to escape we the office. We have a good vantage point of the we game. We have a good vantage point of the game. You come down and you remind us that we're at a baseball game. You, <laughs> you're the you're the baseball mm-hmm. fan. You're the one talking, and it's very cool because that actually brings us back to reality as opposed to it's the end of the game. We're tired, or it's the end of the the promo, and that went well, or that didn't go well. It's like holy shit! Now we've got a whole different energy. Which yeah. brings us back, and I, I don't know if you're aware of that, but it's just such a it's such a great, you know. I so, yell sometimes at the umpires, which I, I shouldn't do. You're not <laughs> supposed to do that when you're when you work for a team. The fans are supposed to do that. But well, it okay. happens. They it's just great think it's Lee when I get upset. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That the, the, the <laughs> aftermath there. That's true. Um, but again, people coming down, and we just see the different aspects of what pull everything together. Well, I mean, we're we're all baseball fans. That that's that's why we're here. I was just talking to a, a kid, a prospective employee, and he asked me he's a great question. He's right out of school a year ago, and he goes, he goes, he goes. If you could point to one thing, thing you that that the Saints did early that that made it what it is today, what what would it be? And I go back to opening night in 1993. I think we had seven or eight full time employees, only two of which, one was Mike Vec, and the other one was our GM Bill Fanning, had ever opened a baseball game or opened a season or opened whatever there were six or five or six of us that were there full-time staff that had never put on a baseball game before ever and, you know and, and so we were we were just literally making it up as we went along and and you know you're too busy so you don't you don't think about that oh holy crap we don't have any experience here um, you're just doing it and but it was driven by the fact that those five or six people who had never worked in baseball were just massive baseball fans and loved being around other baseball fans. So that's, I think, where it started is, is yes, we, we come from a place where we love the game and we love other people that love the game. And if you start at that point and you want to take care of those people who are giving your, you money to do that, then you're, you, we got pointed in the right direction that way. Awesome. So. Is there a promotion that never happened due to maybe media outlash or anything that you can think of that you wish would have happened? The only one, no, and it wasn't a Saints promotion. I think we, we've done every one we've ever wanted to do. Some of them were stupid. Like we did the Evolution Night thinking that we were, that was when we, you know, we, we were on a roll. We had done Ain't Night and, uh, you know, a bobblefoot night, and we're like, oh yeah, and it was the hundred, I think, one hundred fiftieth anniversary of Darwin's Origin of Species. So we thought, oh my god, <laughs> we're gonna do a bobblehead, and we had done um, what was the one with Al Franken and Norm Coleman, the, um, the Count von Count. Yes, Count von Count. We did Count von Count. That was that was a huge hit, and so we thought, no, we're gonna do one side of the head is gonna have Charles Darwin, and the other side is gonna be a caveman. We are effing brilliant. <laughs> it's the dumbest effing thing we've ever done. It was a flop, and it should be a flop. And I wish people would hold that up to us when you go. Oh, you think you're really good, huh? Where did this piece of caca come from? <laughs> Dumbasses that overthink everything. Got caught up in your own BS. But no, that that's <laughs> that's been like the worst one after the fact. That was just so stupid. Um, the one I wish that that and it ended up working. The the um, vasectomy night in Charleston, they did actually cancel that one when the archbishop called Mike. 
Um, and that one, I, I that's when I look at. It, I was like, oh man, that would have been so fun to go through. But we, I think the club, pro, you know, the, you got a story out of it, which is half the time what you're looking for anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and people had got a kick out of it. My God, it was it was like it was in newspapers from like Alaska to Florida. It was all over the place, you know. So that that was one where they, you know, they gave away a vasectomy on Father's Day. <laughs> Part of it was like, I hope this is not going on during the game because that does not seem very. I think that at one point they were going to do it. They were going to do an actual. They're going to pick out a fan that wanted to do an actual vasectomy in a tent while the game was going on. We're going to settle and just get haircuts. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Well, I, I'm out of questions for today, but there's obviously so <laughs> yeah, much I think more. It, maybe in like a few months, we'll do story time with Tom. <laughs> story, like story time with Tom. That'd be. Well, I've got a few. I got a couple. I got a couple. Well, they're you good. Stand around for thirty years. That happens. I, the work you guys do, I, I, you will never say this. Other people will say it, but the hours and hours and hours that you both put into entertaining fans is is an inspiration and it's it's freaking grinding work most of the time but it results in a laugh which results in communication my friend annie always talks about the three c's of saints baseball which are conversation community i'm forgetting the third one cash no i added cash that's the fourth <laughs> one that comes at the end if you've done the other three the cash comes is um, there a camaraderie what was the three C's? Conversation, community, community, connection. Yeah. So conversation begets connection, which begets community. And she's dead on about that. And that's that's the stuff when we are in entertaining mode outside of the entertaining that the ball players are doing. That stuff is what really brings the town and the fans together. And that's that's a lot of hours and a lot of hard work that people never see. So. I'm just going to say while I have the mic here, thank you both. It takes a village, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, obviously, for creating a community that we can play in. So, yeah. It's a gas. I'm Josh. I'm Sierra. That was Tom. That was Tom. Tumbleweed Tommy. Say less. Say more. Au revoir.
don't turn If I don't burn so bright I think I'll just stay in bed If you wanna do it, don't take a mulligan When you got the blues, take a mulligan You can always start over, take a mulligan Take a mulligan, mulligan Take, take a mulligan If you wanna do it, don't take a mulligan When you got the blues, take a mulligan You can always start over, take a mulligan Take a mulligan, mulligan